Welcome back to the Purgatory series here on Dantescomedy.com. And today we're going to look at the sixth terrace. So we're moving quickly now. It's just one more terrace and then we have the Garden of Eden. And the sixth terrace is, um, is another big one. It, it covers four chapters or cantos. And then it also builds in some ways on a movement from the fourth terrace, which is then the center of and the heart of purgatory and the whole divine comedy, which is about love and the nature of love. And then in the next, the fifth terrace, you get the rebirth of the spirit, like the release of the spirit of the soul from the mountain with statues. And now in the sixth one, we get the first showing of the divine or theophany through a voice in a tree and much more of the references to the biblical stories and also moving the story even more into a more spiritual uh, experience and realm. So the literal part here is that it starts with being, so it's still in the morning, it's like between 10 and 11 a.m. The four handmaids, the first four handmaids have been left behind, meaning like the first four, uh, four hours from 6 a.m., so they keep walking, and then you have Virgil and Statius and Dante. And this is also symbolic because this is uh, it's both chronological, but it's also the transition from the pagan poet of Virgil to the, the pagan and secretly Christian poet of Statius, and then Dante becomes like a Christian poet. And then the first thing they meet is a tree that is upside down, and lots of uh, symbolism here that we're going to come back to. They hear a voice which says, like, this fruit is denied to you. And then we're going to have an excerpt on this. And then they uh, meet the group of souls, and then they also learn about the temperance as the offsetting virtue of gluttony. So the souls on this terrace are very, very thin, and their eyes are kind of sunken in. So then they talk with the souls, and then you get a second tree, and a voice again saying explicitly that this tree is an offshoot of the tree in the Garden of Eden. And then they keep climbing and we get an explanation of why the, the shades of the, the glutton, gluttony um, atonement shades are so thin. And then you get more a little lecture about the connection between the body and the soul and the spirit, which is a very deep passage there. And then they arrive at the next terrace. So we're going to read a few excerpts here. And um, we're going to start with when they see the first the tree, which is in some ways one of the main events of the whole terrace. So he says, But then, right in the road, a tree appeared, laden with fruit whose fragrance filled the air. And instantly that pleasant talk was stopped. Just as a fir tree tapers toward the top from branch to branch, so this one tapered down to keep the souls from climbing, I suppose. On that side where our way was bounded poured clear water from the high rock to the tree, sprinkling the topmost leaves in its cascade. And then, as the two poets drew close, there came a voice that shouted at us from within the tree, this fruit and water is denied to you. So there, the the references to again Exodus and uh, and the life of Moses and the burning bush 
is very <laughs> clear here. So this is kind of the first theophany, and also that the fruit and water is denied is because so water is in this context very often the the spiritual wisdom. So this is denied because they're not yet finished the whole climb. They haven't gone through the the fire, the final kind of wall of fire that finishes the whole climb of of the purgatory. But they're very close to it. So that is uh, changing a little bit the whole framing again of the story. And then we're going to jump to the second tree that they meet at the end of the terrace after they've spoken with the souls. So then the pilgrim is saying, I took my eyes from him and suddenly there in the road in front of me appeared another tree with verdant laden boughs. And this tree is saying, pass on, do not come closer. Higher up there is a tree which gave its fruit to Eve. And this plant is an offshoot of its root. So now we're being prepared for what we're going to see in just after the seventh terrace as we enter the, the earthly paradise. And then they meet the angel. And some of the explanations here are coming after the angel as they climb up. So, But when they see the angel, since this is such a kind of strong shift that they actually have this this uh, showing and kind of hearing the divine voice directly. It's a bit of like a, both the burning bush, but also like the Jacob's Ladder moment in, in that story. So when the angel is coming, the pilgrim is saying, I raised my head to see who just now spoke. And never in a furnace was there seen metal or glass so radiantly red. As was the being who said to me, if you are looking for the way to climb, turn here. Here is the path for those who search for peace. So one thing to notice here is also that that uh, like he's describing the color of the intensity of the red and radiantly red, just beyond what you can see in a sense in the earthly and the material world. So this is the, like a way of describing it as something spiritual and something otherworldly or heavenly. And then the sixth scar on his forehead is removed, soft as the early morning breeze of May, which heralds dawn, rich with the grass and flowers, spreading in waves their breathing fragrances. I felt a breeze strike soft upon my brow. I felt a wing caress it, I am sure. I sense the sweetness of ambrosia. So this is then... Just the, the the wing that is just removing one more scar. So there's just one left now. Then they start to climb. And then we get this um, little lecture again. So he says here, So did we make our entrance through the gap and separated by that narrow space. In a single file we start climbing the stairs. So this is just reinforcing this kind of lineage from Virgil to Statius to the pilgrim, but also indirectly Dante himself as the writer and as an author. Just kind of inserting himself in <laughs> in the the long story of, of literature and kind of Roman literature also in a sense. And then we get more of this explanation because he is curious. He's saying now, My gentle father, though our pace was swift, encouraged me to talk. 
release your bow of speech as see it drawn right to the tip. And then the pilgrim is asking, then moved by confidence, I spoke to him asking, how could they have become so lean since anyway, they have no need for food? So it's both like they were, these are the people who have been overeating and now they're so thin as souls. And in addition, the souls actually don't need food. So this opens up for a, a big explanation, which starts with this. If you recall how Milliger burned as simultaneously the brand burned through, this should not be too hard to understand. Or think how, when you stand before a glass, at every move you make, your image moves. Does this not make things clearer than they were? So this is opening up both with some Greek mythology and just like a scientific uh, example, the relationship between the body and the soul. So the Meleager story is that the soul of Meleager is contained in a little log in a fire, in a fireplace. So when that burns up, Meleager will die. So that is kind of the connection. And then when you look at the mirror, it's like your reflection in the mirror will follow you in the same way that your soul and, and your body are connected in the same way and they're kind of mirroring each other in a sense. So he will then expand on this and we get some, some deep theology and philosophy about the soul and also the nature of the shades. And he's using here, like, this is an important thing because it's, we're at the point in the story where the soul has just been reborn with statues and the, and the trembling of the mountain. So now we get a better understanding of what the soul is. And then also there's more references now to the, to the birth of the soul in itself and how the soul is breathed into the body. So now virtually it's continuing. Open your heart to what I now reveal. When the articulation of the brain has been perfected in the embryo, then the first mover turns to it with joy of a such art in nature, and he breathes a spirit into it, new, and with power to assimilate what it finds active there. So that one single soul is formed complete that lives and feels and contemplates itself. So the last sentence is about the, the, the three stages of the soul, as among others Aristotle had the, the theory about the, the vegetative and so like the what is in a plant that is just like it's it's living as a plant and then you have like the moving one which is like animals but then you have also the the rational thinking contemplating one which is kind of then what makes the humans in aristotle's view so lives and feels and contemplates kind of packed into that but then also using first mover is the aristotelian uh, concept of divinity so it it invokes both uh, uh, the Greek philosophy and the biblical stories at the same time. And then how it kind of uh, completes this whole uh, expression or explanation about the soul and now that it has been released, it's been reborn as it is some, in some sense in the way that it's kind of created in the first place and breathed into a body, but now it's kind of released and is ready for the ascent into paradise. So, and we're moving into the Garden of Eden also at the same time. So, uh, these are kind of two big topics at once here. And it's also interesting how this terrace is, like if you read through it the first time, it feels suddenly very light. 
compared to the previous one. But then if you dig into the symbolism, you will see that it's in many ways much more profound and deep. So um, we're being prepared here for, again, a new start, a more spiritual, deeper uh, theology world to enter and then getting ready for the seventh terrace and then the final crowning moments at the Garden of Eden. So with that, we're going to stop this one. Hope some of this is interesting and um, that you can just try to ponder some of these these topics. And um, with that, hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you again in the next episode.